2: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
3: It's also fantasy football season.
2: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
3: In a fantasy league, you need one quarterback, two running backs, a couple of tight ends, so clearly, New England Patriots are playing fantasy football. One quarterback on the Patriots depth chart, Matt Jones. Two running backs. Is this a PPR league? I hope so. <laughs> Devontae Parker. I hope you know so he too. might have a lot of catches. Today's
2: yeah. guests: Florida State head coach Mike Norvell, NBC Sunday Night Football analyst Chris Collinsworth, Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz. And now. It's Rich Eisen.
3: College football, pro football, green jacket, gold jacket. Yeah. We care, yeah. though. We give it, you-know-what nice. right here on the Rich Eisen Show, right here on this busy Thursday. It is time to hang out for the next three hours on the Roku channel or on the radio, Terrestrial and Sirius XM and Odyssey we're thrilled to have you here. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Phone lines can be lit whenever you darn well. Please, we'll have time to take your phone calls. We've got three guests, two college football coaches. Kirk Ferentz of the Iowa Hawkeye football program trying to win his first outright title since he was an offensive line coach back in the day with Hayden Fry. Um, he's trying to win a first piece of it. And, uh, first time in 19 years, the Iowa Hawkeyes um, have a new quarterback from the University of Michigan days Cade McNamara will be ta- chatting with uh, Kirk Ferentz in hour three Mike Norvell is first up the marquee game of the weekend mm-hmm. the last weekend with no professional football being played on it until the bye week before the Super Bowl it will be LSU and FSU Florida State's head coach Mike Norvell will be on this program in less than 20 minutes time it'll be a great conversation with him Chris Collinsworth the centerpiece of this program as he will be one week from today getting ready to step in the booth with Mike Tirico to bring you Lions and Chiefs to kick off the 2023 National Football League season on NBC He's on today's program. Good to see you over there, Christopher Brockman. Hey,
4: Rich, what's happening? DJ
3: Mikey D is indeed nuts in his chair. Good to see you, Mike. And good to see you, TJ Jefferson looks like the candle's already lit.
4: I never knew we had a centerpiece to the show, Rich. We do, right in the middle. Just Uh,
3: learn. On Mondays, it's usually Overreaction Monday. If we can uh, work it out tomorrow, um, we'll have What's More Likely right in the middle of the program. That's just uh, letting you know how the sausage gets made Mm -hmm. on our rundowns. Um, So let's start with, again the final piece of the off-season storyline puzzle getting fit in with the exception of a couple of holdouts of some top defensive linemen. And imagine Joe Burrow now that he's back on the playing field between now and a week from Sunday when the Bengals open up the season against the Cleveland Browns uh, in Cleveland. Joe Burrow will get signed to the richest contract in the history of National Football League play. But other than that, we had one last big piece land in the last 24 hours, and that's Jonathan Taylor not going anywhere. I mean, his storyline kind of lurked behind the scenes as we were seeing Miles Sanders leave Philadelphia for $6 million a year to Carolina, and then Austin Eckler being shown an opportunity to go get a trade by the Chargers only for him to come back and – stay and get a little bit of extra dollars put on his contract. And then the franchise tag players, Saquon Barkley and also Josh Jacobs at the running back position. Kareem Hunt Leonard Fournette still ATC. Dalvin Cook released in the middle of us waiting to see how everything would play out with the franchise tag running backs. Ezekiel Elliott signing with the Patriots. Behind all of that, Jonathan Taylor was lurking in Indianapolis, coming back from an injury-marred 2022 campaign. Word that his ankle still wasn't ready to roll. I was sitting here assuming it was ready to roll. He just didn't want to roll until he got more bankroll from Indianapolis. And now the final piece of the puzzle. He, like Austin Eckler, was shown an opportunity to find a trade partner. Eckler came back and the Chargers gave him extra cash. Taylor is told, you got to come back because we didn't find anything remotely close to what we would accept for you. And he comes back and they put him on the physically unable to perform list, meaning he can't play until week five. Now we had Tom Pelissero on yesterday saying, okay, they might still trade him. It's not as if it's a collective bargained deadline that passed on Tuesday. It was what the Colts said as a deadline. So phone lines can still ring. Opportunities can still be made for Jonathan Taylor and, in Indianapolis as well. The question is, is how can things get put back together? And sure enough, Chris Ballard, the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, who has not made a public appearance throughout this entire process, I guess the most you've seen of Chris Ballard really on television is Right here on the Roku channel and the documentary, the NFL draft, the pick is in because the <laughs> NFL films cameras were embedded in the Indianapolis Colts draft room in late April. So Chris Ballard was asked yesterday and this guy is just he's one of the he's one of the unique ones, man. He just tells you what's on his mind. It's he, he, the filter between head and mouth. Um, sometimes can catch a word or two, but not much. He just will let you know what's on his mind and what's on his what's in his heart. And this is what he had to say about the relationship with Jonathan Taylor now and moving
4: forward.
0: Jonathan is a well-respected and a and a really good human being and a damn good football player. I think we all know this. Alright? Um, things like this happen. I tell every rookie that comes in There's going to be a point when we disagree. And it's usually about money. And it's going to be hard. And just know that doesn't change my care level for you. I care deeply for Jonathan Taylor. I have great respect for Jonathan Taylor. Um, Our relationship, I would tell you, is look, even when it gets hard, I, I won't I won't quit on the relationship, I won't do it. I think too much of the young man, I think too much of what he's given our organization and how hard he's played for us. And what sucks, I mean, the situation su- I'm not going to sit here and give you some rosy picture like, oh, this is just, everything's okay, no, it sucks. It sucks for the Colts, it sucks for Jonathan Taylor, and it sucks for our fans. It just it does and it's it's where we're at and we've got to work through it and we're going to do everything we can to work through it. Relationships are repairable. They're repairable. Like I don't, I don't, when guys get emotional um, and take a stance, I, you got to have some, you know, you got to be able to work through those.
3: Well, he's not wrong. Relationships Dang. are repairable. You know how they're repairable? Money. <laughs> that's about it. Honestly, that's, that's that's that's. Let's just call it the and, answer to all of your problems. And, is and always it's more money. tough. It's tough <laughs> when uh, you've clearly got an owner that doesn't want to pay him right now. Maybe Chris Ballard feels the same right now. Certainly, if he's not healthy, <laughs> you're not going to bestow a, a contract that is. $12, 13000000 per if the guy's not answering the bell for a season. We have no idea how the ankle's responding and things of that nature. And you know why feelings are hard for Jonathan Taylor? Uh, just to say, for instance, during that soundbite, Diana Rossini, our friend and colleague now of The Athletic, reporting TJ Hawkinson just got a four-year deal worth $66 million. He's a tight end. Cha-ching. How many four year, $66 million contracts at wait a minute, I don't want to short it, can be uh, worth $68.5 million? Um, how many of those are, are belonging to running backs? Okay. So that's why things can get particularly uh, uh, emotional for running backs these days. Asked about whether he was allowed to seek a trade. Can you confirm? which was an interesting question since we've been talking about this trade possibility for days and folks have been reporting on this for days that you know teams were interested and terms were exchanged. Like, I want Jalen Waddle for him.
4: <laughs>
3: Me too.
2: <laughs> I want Jalen Waddle.
3: Here's what I want. I want Jalen <laughs> Waddle and all your money for a player that our owner said, eh, league won't miss him if he's gone tomorrow. I want
4: Jalen Waddle. I, I, mean, I want Ace Ventura. I, just, I want
3: Dan Reyna's <laughs> That's right. I want, I want Ray Finkel's ring. <laughs> yeah. And Einhorn. Don't All forget. Right. We cannot forget Einhorn. Thank <laughs> you for that, that TJ. Brilliant. Well done, TJ. <laughs> asked about the trade and why is he on the physically unable to perform list. This is the answer from Chris Ballard. Did we give
0: him permission to seek a trade? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I'm not going to get into the details of teams, what was offered and what wasn't offered. But what I'm going to tell you is Jonathan is valuable. Um, And at the end of the day, we're not, you know, I'm not just going to let him walk out the building. I'm not going to do that. That's not the best thing for the Colts and the organization. All right? As for the decision to put him on PUP, it's when you're still having effects from last year's surgery um, and still having pain and not 100%, we're not going to put a player on the field that's still complaining of pain in the ankle. We're not going to do that, an injury. I wouldn't do that to any player. wouldn't treat anybody any differently. So what Jonathan will do is he will rehab his butt off and try to get himself ready to go.
3: Man, I just want to know. He's complaining of pain in his ankle. Is that, again, him st- saying, yeah, my, my ankle hurts. I can't practice right now because he's trying to be physically unable to perform or physically unwilling to perform. And and the cult. well, we'll take you at your word. I Again, I haven't received much confirmation as to what, is this a game or is this right. legit? And if it's legit, then of course he's not going to get a market-valued contract elsewhere and the Colts are not going to get anything returned that they wanted unless... They were really just asking for um, wildly outlandish fantasy football-type requests that would be sent by a 12-year-old to another 12-year-old. What about the idea of Anthony Richardson needing this kid? That question was asked of Chris Ballard, point blank.
0: Do you think that stunts Anthony's growth or hinders his early development not have a job in well,
3: Look, when you don't have a great player,
0: I mean... But I don't think it stunts his growth. No, not at all. But it doesn't, I mean, I don't know. Did it stunt Andrew's growth without a special bag?
3: Andrew being Luck. Look, it didn't stunt Luck's growth, but it sure appeared to stunt his longevity. (laughs) Boom. Offensive
0: line didn't help. I mean, he got killed Uh, uh, It's a team
3: game. It's a team game. Yeah. Right? It's a team game. And that's also a team game in the front office. If Jim Irsay's saying, we're not paying. Last year sucked, to use the phrase of the day apparently in Indianapolis. We're not paying anyone off of that, even though last year sucked for many reasons created by Jim Irsay's sudden impetuousness at the position. And that impetuousness is definitely making the seat that Ballard was sitting in hot, I would imagine. And he's a good evaluator, I think. Because Anthony Richardson, I think, is going to play football in this league for a good long time. Week five. Man, oh man, is this just going to linger. Not this week, I don't think. Unless, you know, I'm sure leading up to the first Sunday games, one of the highly talented information men and women in our business will have the latest on Jonathan Taylor that just will pop out just when the television sets snap on on Sunday mornings. I bet you there'll be something new on that. But then the games will get played. And then right around like week two, week three, when Indianapolis is either, who knows, after Jacksonville and at Houston and at Baltimore, let's just say they're one and two taking on the Rams. Where's Jonathan Taylor going to be? What's his readiness? What's going on? What happens in the first month of the season with anybody else at the position? Who might be more willing to part with their Jalen Waddles? (laughs) (laughs) Or not? Strikes me right now, Jonathan Taylor, unless there is a major need somewhere. And to me, again, if, if Ballard was asking apparently for the moon... What's going to happen if a team comes in desperate? Heaven forbid one of Green Bay's backs go down, one of Miami's backs go down. What do you think he's going to ask for then? Well, the price will be less? Strikes me that Jonathan Taylor is going to have to figure out how to get that ankle settled to play for the Indianapolis Colts and then figure out what happens if he gets franchise tagged next year just like Josh Jacobs did. Let's not forget. Okay that he's a second-year player. So there is no fifth-year option like Jacobs had on him that the Raiders didn't use leading to this whole thing. So strikes me that Jonathan Taylor is going to play for the Indianapolis Colts this year. And he needs to, I guess, swallow that. The problem is he's going to have to repair it himself in his own mind because it doesn't appear that money is coming as the reparation. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Obviously, things can change between now and when things might change. (laughs) But uh, right now, that's the way I'm I'm, I'm seeing it. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. On the program, let's take a break. The head coach of Florida State football getting set to take on none other than LSU, while a very famous alum is talking about his degree from Talladega University. That's coming up. Mike Norvell of Florida State. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. And I should know, they kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY Days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Okay, we're back here on the program. Our radio audience is going to join in less than two minutes time and that's when we'll bring in the head coach of Florida State football, Mike Norvell. So um, we had a conversation prior to the show that got heated here. I'm glad that everything calmed down before you got on the air <laughs> about who responds to text chains oh, the least. Oh, yeah. This was...
4: I'm not included, so I can't respond.
3: You are not. Because you <laughs> don't... We, you know what? That's true. We don't include Mike in too many text chains. Because and I, and two things. We don't include you in show conversations because we don't know if you're going to be here. Show content, content. conversations. Yeah, we get, also don't know right, right, if get, you're
4: going
3: to be here. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. But when it's just us goofing, you're involved. No, I know that. I'm joking. But, so there's that. And then the question is, who responds the least? Right. You guys were... Who waits the longest or who just doesn't respond? Right. You guys were, like, all over each and other. And there's no question who doesn't respond the longest. It's okay. It's, okay. it's not you. I,
4: I I I know that it's not me. It's TJ Jefferson. It's Rich Eisen. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, well... I,
3: I honestly need to know why you would absolutely why you would say such a
4: thing. <laughs> because when there's a group chat, yeah. when there's me, you, Chris, Hoskins, yeah, Smith, and yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. you're engaged, right? And that's a lot of show talk, a lot of like, hey, right. we got Bruce Foman coming on Wednesday. You're Great. Right sure. uh-huh. When it's me, you and Chris just kind of shooting the gift and BSing, and I'll send you guys videos, use don't Respond to those. All right,
3: Chris, you need to do me this favor because we can't drag the head My coach of Florida State football into this. You need to. need to look at our text exchange of what me you and TJ. Yes, or, that's okay. what it is. basically. Okay. This is this is the um, well, stage. We've that been that all is. engaged lately because we were doing that fantasy yeah, draft so keep, together. So scroll back. Okay. Well, <laughs> even that too. Even that too.
4: Well, you're pretty convinced, convinced of who you want, so...
3: Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call com or just stop by. He's entering his fourth season as head coach of Florida State football, getting set to take on LSU, Mike Norvell, here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Mike?
1: Rich, doing well, man. Appreciate you having me on. Obviously excited about... Uh, Sunday night and uh getting the thing kicked off
3: before we get to that let's let's talk uh about you a little bit if you don't mind uh you were born in Irving Texas is that where you were raised as well
1: I was I, I grew up in the Metroplex I moved, I moved around you know quite a few times but uh but for my for my entire until I was 18 years old I was in uh in the, in the Metroplex
3: okay so did you go to the old Texas stadium did you
1: I did I did that was the first uh first NFL game I ever went to uh you know it was, uh, uh, lived about a about a mile and a half away from it,
3: so uh do you remember like what was the circumstances where you you go you went in and you saw the hole in the roof and all of that stuff back in the day yeah, it
1: was yeah it was pretty special and actually when i was uh when I was playing youth league football i got a I got a chance to play in it where there was a uh um, you know, the, an event that they put on the cowboys put on and so I got a chance to uh play on the old the old turf got a got a nice little turf burn when I was out there ah. and it, but uh, no, it was a, definitely a special experience for for you know a boy growing up uh, you know, you know in the, in Dallas.
3: So I'm just trying to do the math here. Um, so was that when the triplets were were in action when you were playing? They were. Our- okay,
1: yeah, that was uh, that was one of my I used to, I. Because I was so close, even even times when I didn't have a ticket to the game, you know, I would I'd get there early, you know, about three hours before the game, and stand by the tunnel just to see some of the players uh, um, go in and, and watch them. And actually, one of my prized possessions is a is a signed football uh, from from the triplets while they were going through it and their great run. And so, uh, you know, I definitely uh, definitely enjoyed that time growing up, and you know, just kind of always loved the game.
3: So then, what would that young Mike Norvell say? If he knew that the current Mike Norvell has it within him to make Emmett Smith very miserable, Mike, <laughs> Mike what would that kid it's, say?
1: Uh, it's, it's pretty funny because I, I look back at it now, and you got uh, you obviously you got Emmett and then you got Michael Irvin, so uh, but, true. I basically got the rivalry. I got the <laughs> That's true. I got the rivalry. Uh, you know, cornered on, on both sides. Of it.
3: You could make them. You could make the triplets. I'm I'm sure if you would if you went back in time and say, you you would want to make the triplets as happiest they made you back in the day. But you are not you are not paying it forward, Mike. Yeah, right? It's,
1: it's okay. It's, I, I, I appreciate I appreciate them for how uh, for how kind they were to me back in the day. But uh, you know, now uh, now there's now there's a job to be done.
3: Understood. There's a job to be done, and you're getting set to take on LSU this weekend. The challenges you're seeing on film, and obviously having uh, you've got an old hand at quarterback. Clearly, but uh, this is a new season, and there's always um you know fluctuations that come with that what's what are you seeing on film and the first week of the season that's your challenge in front of you
1: well, I mean, we we're, we're going to play a great team and uh, you know, LSU they've got a, a lot of returning experience you know very talented group you know offensively ma- majority of their offense is back uh you know Jaden Daniels is uh, definitely a special player with with what he can do with his arm but then you you couple that to uh, to how dynamic he is with his legs as well uh you know they they do a great job with their scheme to try to get the playmakers the ball in space. Um, you know, defensively, I mean, it's it's a group that you know is, is very explosive and you know they're they're impactful at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, they've got a, they've got good depth. You know, they've got some newcomers that have joined the program that I think are gonna um, you know you know make a great impact for them. And so this is gonna be it's gonna be a great college football game. So we're very excited about the team that we have. Um, you know, to have two top ten you know you know teams kick it off. Uh, you know, the opening the opening weekend. Uh, you know, Sunday night—the only game on television—and I mean, this is what college football is all about.
3: What excites you about your team?
1: Uh, you know, I think the just the, the depth, the experiences, uh, the 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 playmakers that we bring, um, and you know, just the the way that these guys are willing to work. I mean, they they. They've really done an incredible job since January, you know you know not only the work physically but mentally uh you know the work they've 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 put into building the relationships is a team that cares about each other and you know as they as they go through uh you know the course of a day i mean it, they're pushing to challenge themselves to get better and you know that's something that's that's you know huge for us, and you see that in their relationships and just the way that they operate
3: first ten win season since Jimbo Fisher's last year there in twenty sixteen coach is there any uh, I guess cascade effect from one season to the next in college football. Do you think?
1: No, I mean, you know, as we're, we're excited about this team, we're excited about uh, you know the, the way that we've grown, uh, you know, the steps that we've taken. I mean, it's been an interesting journey. But um, we're, we're doing it with the right young men. And uh, like I said, these guys, they, they, they work to bring the right mindset, uh, you know, on a daily basis. You know, they push each other. You know, they're challenging themselves not only on the field but off the field and, you know, what they're willing to give uh, to where they want to go. And so as we as we go into this last year, you know, we had a bunch of experiences, uh, some really good ones, and then some, some – you know, times of adversity that we get to learn from. And now it's about, you know, applying those lessons and just being the, as consistent as we can possibly be, going to, to show up and be our best here with this, uh, with this year that's ahead.
3: And Jordan Travis entering his sixth season playing college football, fourth with you. I mean, that's, he might be more tenured than some professors there in Tallahassee, coach. So what is it like to coach uh, a college quarterback in his sixth playing season?
1: I mean, you know, Jordan's remarkable, and you know the growth that he's shown throughout his career. You know, I think he's one of the best players in in all of college football. You know, he's he's so so wise to um, you know to the game and and with the things that we ask him to do. But we care so much about who he does it with, and you know, he's he's a wonderful leader. You know he's he's truly one that uh, you know his actions speak louder than his words. But when it's time for him to have to say something to the team, uh, they all listen because they they've watched him, they have watched his journey, uh, they've seen him in the in the in the great moments, they've seen him in the in the challenges where he's had to get up and and continue to push. And uh, you know I'm just uh, so so grateful that I get another hour, another year with uh, with Jordan to to help him uh, to continue to grow and. Accomplish all that I believe that he can accomplish.
3: What 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 can what can he bring to the equation? Give me an example over the last couple of seasons that you've seen the growth from him.
1: I mean, I think when you watch him in, in just a drop back passing game, I mean, he is. Uh, you is, understanding you know, we, we put a lot on his plate, you know, he understands protections. He, you know, we're, we're a rhythm based timing offense, uh, you know, in, in the passing game. And, you know, he does that with great confidence. He's, he's got, you know, great eyes, great vision. You can, he can deliver the ball. You know, one of the best deep ball passers that, you know, I've, I've had a chance to be around. But then, you know, he's also so very electric whenever, you know, something breaks down and he's got to, got to make a play with his legs. You know, he's got the ability to extend plays. And, you know, as we've been able to grow as an offense and, you know, just continue to improve on the offensive line, bring great playmakers around them uh, at the skill position players. You know, he's really flourished. And, you know, I, I think just that that leadership and, and command of the offense is something that is, um, is really special.
3: Mike Norvell, Florida State Seminole head coach here on the Rich Eisen Show. How has NIL changed your job there at Florida State? You were there, um, I believe, let me just do this right, maybe it was the end of year one in the summer entering year two when NIL came into Existence. What do you have for me on that front?
1: Well, uh, you know, I mean, NIL has all, all, elements of college athletics, and you know, it's great for the players to have a chance to uh, to benefit. You know, for for you know, who they are, and, and obviously what they do, and uh, you know, and not for for us, it's still about you know when we go when we go and. We get a chance to go to work. I mean, every day we show up trying to help our players uh to be able to achieve their dreams. You know, what they wanna accomplish on the field, who they wanna be off the field. And, you know, that's it still comes down to the work. Now, whenever it's you know, uh you know, as guys are, are coming in, we've at Florida State, I mean, this is a special place. We've got a great great following, great fan base. Uh, you know, so much, you know, so much exposure and a wonderful platform to be able to do it. Do it from, um, you know, I think our players have really you've, you've seen the benefits of that. And then, you know, obviously, you know, being able to help help them manage, you know, just all things that you know with, from the outside of, you know, sometimes you got to be willing to say no to things that might also take your time, uh, you know, that that could keep you from what that ultimate dream is. So, just trying to help best educate players uh, in just uh, the management of time and and the, and the focus. Of what they can do while still being able to, to capitalize on the opportunity that they have so, you know being a great you know, collegiate athlete and being in that being in that spotlight
3: well the the issue with nil coach and i'm sure you you've seen it firsthand um is you mentioned capitalizing on an opportunity um and with capitalization clearly but it's usually it's it appears to be it's used more as an inducement uh for recruitment by the player to somebody like yourself saying i can make this much elsewhere how much money can i make here which is usually in historically not part of recruitment have you had a player come into your office and say i need to have this number hit by the collective otherwise i'm not coming
1: uh no i mean we have pretty pretty uh, uh you know real conversations just of you know there there are collectives you know uh, out there that uh, uh, around Florida State, and you know, obviously our players, you know, you know are, are have a great situation. That that because of that platform, but uh, you ultimately that's not. Uh, I don't I don't get involved in in those conversations. No. Um, you know, with uh, with our players or, or people that are that are looking at that. Um, you know, for me, it's about you continuing to show you know what it is the opportunity provides. You know, for how they're going to be developed on the field, what they're going to be the, the place, the education, all things that are that are. Um, you know that make Board of State special and who they get to represent and what they get to represent and um you know ultimately i mean it's it's about still that journey and you know I think when you're when you're sitting there looking at you know what you're trying to bring to the program, it's still about the right fit. And you know, you know, I want guys that you know, when they come here, they want it all. They want to, they want to be able to achieve every dream on the field. They want to be able to achieve every dream, you know, off the field. You know, getting that college education and putting themselves in the in the best position, uh, you know, for their future and, and all the things that they can do.
3: Would you want to have some sort of federal government, congressional rule, law put in place so you and your colleagues can have a little bit more of a guardrail here? Would you be advocating that?
1: I think with all things, I mean, you know, guardrail guidelines, you know, just being able to to have, you know, some structure to to different elements, you know, more than anything, just to help help guide, you know, student athletes. Because, you know, I think you've seen situations over the years where, you know, there's plenty of it there's plenty of outside advisors and people that might have an opinion on a situation or what something might look like or what something might be um, and with with there not being any you know true overall under you know understanding or transparency with that you know there's times that you see you know guys that are eighteen to twenty two years old um, you know they might be receiving guidance that ultimately is one maybe not real or two is not not in the best interest of of what's for for their future and so you'll know, be able to to have to have that overall guard guardrail, I think, is it could be a positive. It could be a positive for you know, student athletes, it could be a positive for, uh, for universities. And you know those, those are all things that uh, you know, ultimately I know are, are always being explored and looked at, but just trying to, to keep. You know, to keep this game and the, and the great young men that get to play it you know in the best position to, to grow and continue to have success
3: and as you know coach Norvell the story going around college football right now is realignment and conferences of that nature and what the the ACC might add uh, some of the remaining pack what we're calling the pack four teams and uh, maybe SMU or you know your school your program a jewel that could be added elsewhere out of the ACC what are you what can you share about the future of this program in the conference you're you're about to play in right now
1: uh, I mean, I'm so. Florida State is a special place, and we've got a we've got a wonderful uh, tradition, you know, an incredible uh, legacy here in the ACC, and you know, we're excited to 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 continue to, to push and build and, and elevate all things within our program within our conference, uh, you know, and that's and that's what we can control out there on the field, and you know, uh, you know, as a as a football team and program, uh, you know, it's about continuing to, to push and, and put our best foot forward. Um, you know, I'm excited about uh, you know this team and. and and, you know, obviously the, the competitiveness of, of our conference here that uh, you're going into this season, but, you know, it's a, it's a different age in college athletics and you've seen a lot of movement or a lot of, uh, um, you know, realignment and, and things like that, which, you know, to some point is sad, you know, I spent, I spent four years in the, in the Pac-12 and, um, you know, it's unfortunate to see something that, you know, had a, a great, you know, storied tradition and, and, and some of those legacies, you know, to see that kind of breakup, um, but, you know at the end of the day i'm i'm, I'm here at at a what a wonderful place with uh you know incredible support and fan base and you know i'm excited for uh, for what our future holds
3: do you have these conversations with um, your athletic director or whenever you are around the school president do you find out what's going on you don't have to share if you don't want but i mean is there something is this a, are you curious yourself
1: well, I mean, I think, I think, you know, we have unbelievable alignment here at Florida State. You know, mm-hmm. an incredible president, board of trustees, you know, athletic director. And so, um, you know, as we, as we move forward, I mean, I know my job. I know, the, I know the responsibility that I that I have, and that's to help you know continue to get our program back to where it deserves to be among the nation's elite, and that's what the, that's what my focus is on on doing. And I'm just grateful for the support I get from our administration.
3: And of course, Sunday night's pretty big on that front. You want to talk about elite? You're right. This is it. Sunday night, Sunday night football will be on NBC from here after that on the, on the professional level. But here here you go, this is pretty big. Right? I mean, do you got some, absolutely? Do you got like a whole special outfit picked out, coach? You know what do you think? What do you got? The, uh, the advisor? About, you got advisor? I don't know about
1: the I don't know about the outfit, but okay. uh, you know it's a it's, it's a great it's a great stage, and it's why you come to Florida State to play in games like this. You know, a year ago, I mean, you know, getting a, getting a chance to play this game down in the Superdome. Now you know, kicking off in our home state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're here in Orlando, and you know this is this is going to be a great game. And you know, obviously two great teams with, with a lot of wonderful playmakers, and just excited to be able to be a part of it.
3: Coach, greatly appreciate the time. Let's uh, do this more often. Um, and um, thanks again for calling in. And good luck on Sunday uh, against LSU and beyond.
1: I appreciate you guys, and if y'all ever want to add me into a text thread, I, I mean I will respond to it. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, uh,
3: uh, 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 appreciate that. You you touched a third rail subject here, Coach. Uh, you must have overheard what we were saying before we got to you. I mean, seriously, if you're a busy guy, you get people texting you all the time and sometimes takes you some time to respond, right? You know what I mean? You understand? Sure,
1: yeah, I mean that, that sounds good. I mean, if, if that makes you feel
4: better,
3: but yeah. Ah! <laughs> wow. Okay. I appreciate that. Rich, thanks, you know, Coach.
4: As a Florida State fan, of course That's I'm, I'm going to Florida State Coach's fan. text. That's of true. Course, in a heartbeat.
3: Okay, Coach.
1: Well, appreciate you guys having me on, and go old.
3: Thanks very much. That's Mike right. Norvell, head coach <laughs> of Florida State no go uh, didn't push back there, TJ, because I respect you too much and the coach needs to go.
4: A- about what? That
3: you're also a Penn State fan and a Pitt fan.
4: That, just those two. Uh, okay. Those three. Three. Well, th- three. those two that you mentioned. And in three. To... You right. act like you, 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 like you can love. Like, you love all three of your children, right? Why I, can't I love oh, three oh teams? Ah, gosh. Ah, now, now you sound like a dog parent <laughs> being like, I know what it's like to have kids. No, you don't. You have a dog. That's not what that's not what I said. But. He's got a team. <laughs> it's a team. Three teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: teams. I'm not. Do Do you feed the Florida State Seminoles? Do you clothe them? Do you pay know. for childcare and clothing. Do they Do they refuse to do things when you ask? No. Okay. Do they go to bed on time? No. Just wondering. Just trying to see what other similarities there might be.
4: <laughs> do they pick up after themselves? Uh, do they create
3: Do they create friction occasionally with the one person in your life you want happy? <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, they
3: do. <laughs> never funny. heard the phrase "Happy Penn State, Happy Life." Doesn't really
5: rhyme. Nope, yeah, that's, doesn't really roll.
4: Okay. Nobody would say that. <laughs> Let's
3: go to break. <laughs> We're entering dicey territory here. We come back. Dion Sanders. <laughs> the latest with my boy, my buddy, Primed. my guy, Dion Sanders. And we we come back. I also love the story that you told, and if you wouldn't mind uh, telling the audience here as well, uh, at the Combine, when you would be pulled into rooms.
5: And, and you didn't know which room you were being pulled into by which. Yeah, room. yeah, I was, I was, I was. You know, it had come back in back in that day. Everybody yeah. was reaching for it. Agents was in the hotel. Yeah. everybody was everybody. Now it was all you know. scheduled. It was scheduled structure. You can't be in a hotel. You can't be on the premises. Then it was everything it was wild. So I'm backing away from crowds and people trying to grab me, and I backed into this room, and the Giants was there, and it was the Giants room, and they had people sitting down taking these. What do they call these things?
3: Oh, yeah, like the psychology yeah, test, right? I mean, the
5: thing was that thick, man. And I sat down, and they gave me this thing. And like, what is this? They say, it's this test, and, you know, we need you to take it. I said, oh, what picker do you have? It's like the 10th. I said, oh, I'd be, be going for it in. I, I got to <laughs> so be walk out. <laughs> I'd be going. I'd be way going
3: for it in. And, and then let's just get into it here. I mean, Belichick said he watched you run the 40 at the compound And that you ran it and then ran into the tunnel. And is it true? That's not true. Okay, you did not run into a waiting car and being
5: taken no, to the no, right then and there. No, because I had more interviews and all of that. No, that that story just grows and grows. It does. It's like yeah, a fish yeah, story. Yeah, it is. It is. And, it, that's not true. I did everything that I was asked to do. Now I didn't lift. I ain't do none of that because Jerry Rice to this day hadn't laid across my arms and let me <laughs> bench pressing. You know, I, I don't know where that comes I, from. I love that You say that
3: when when you're watching the defensive
5: backs put up the that. weight and reps of two twenty five,
3: struggling to get the fifth one up. When like-
5: have you? You ever said, man, well, if that guy would have got one more rep, he'd have been there on that play. <laughs> Never! Out the three-cone drill. Like, nothing. this has nothing to do with nothing. So I didn't do any of that stuff, right? Well, yeah. it all worked out. Yeah.
3: I love Prime, and I don't care who knows it. All of his appearances on our YouTube page, including guest hosting. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. want to talk about one of my teammates, not here, because I consider Dion Sanders that. When Dion took the job at NFL Network years and years ago, I was told by so many players who played with him, he's one of the best teammates you'll ever have, and that's a fact. It's a fact. I tell stories all the time about his personality and his drive and his determination and his professionalism and his caring for everyone else around. You you saw it firsthand when you were at NFL Network. I did. I've seen it. Okay. I've seen it there. I've seen it here. When Steve Mariucci joined NFL Network and it was Dion Mooch and yours truly on NFL Game Day highlights at yeah. night, we had a blast. We had a total blast, and they wanted to put. Um, Dion in the middle of the set because he's Dion. He's the center of attention. He's the center of personality. He's the center of everything. He's the center of the universe. I you love all... the story. And um, he was concerned about that because Mariucci, who was new to television, would be sitting to his left. I'm on the right. He's in the middle. And Mariucci's kind of out to the side. And he he said, don't put me in the middle. Put Mooch in the middle. Have me out to the side because if I'm having a conversation with Rich and I'm doing my thing... Mooch is in the middle, as opposed to just, I'm turning my back to him. I'm like, oh, okay. When Deion Sanders went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we were still doing a TV show out of that at NFL Network. By being at the Super Bowl, the night before the the, um, Super Bowl, there would just be an announcement ceremony. Now, as you know, it's part of NFL Honors. So before it became NFL honors, we would do a TV show out of it. And one by one, any Great. of the in, freshly named enshrinees would come from wherever they were in town at the Super Bowl, if they were still there or there just for work, because many of them are analysts, former players turn analysts. They would make their way to our set in some convention center hall. And the year that Dion went in, we knew he was getting in. Yeah. I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. And so plans were made. Dion, where are you going to be? And where he was was teaching his youth football, coaching his youth football team. And he said, I'm not coming. Why? Because practice is going down when you want me. So if you want me, move the time. We can't. It said, well, then I'm not coming. (laughs) And he's like, how am I going to tell my kids that it's about the collective when I'm leaving for an individual honor? That's what he said. And boy, did they just lean on him and twist his arm and everything and said, you can just show up last. And sure enough, Dion showed up pissed like, this is, you're in the Hall of Fame. He was angry. Why? Because he was with his kids, and he didn't want to leave them. And he showed up with a whistle around his neck. Yep.
4: Yeah, full sweatsuit, oh, hey, coaching was outfit, yeah. whistle. Yo, he came yeah. straight from practice. No, I remember that. It was amazing. It was
3: great. So I can't wait to see him on the sidelines against TCU Coaching the Colorado Buffaloes to show everybody who thinks he's just doing this for flash, wearing his cowboy hat just for flash because he's prime time, that he's about this. I can't wait. Now, will his team get waxed? Maybe. I don't know. They were one, I mean, they <laughs> a one win team. He's taken over a one win program in Colorado. Like, he's basically turned over the entire roster. Right. They're 20 point underdogs. You know, they're not expected to. Understood. Do much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, but wait till everybody sees that he's about the coaching. And he this is he takes this seriously and everything. He's a lightning rod. He's used to this. He's what he's in his fourth decade of being a lightning rod of his life. Right? Yep. So probably a fifth decade, man's what is he? 56, 57? Ever since he came out of the womb in Fort Myers, Florida. 56. Okay. So he's used to it. So one of the things that he can do as the head coach of Colorado is you use the primetime platform to elevate the program, which I think he's already done. Check that box. He can also bring in fellow Hall of Famers and teammates of mine, Warren Sapp and Michael Irvin. Look at Sapper. Hashtag not fishing. (laughs)
4: Okay.
3: Sap not fishing. And Irv. And by the way, if Sap's going to look at these defensive linemen and tell them something, they'll listen. Irv's going to talk to the receivers. They'll listen. But both of them can speak to the entire team and say what's up. And they'll listen because they are excellent public speakers. And – They come from a position of Hall of Fame strength in their own right. At any rate, so Prime is talking to the media in advance of his first game against TCU, national finalist, the runners-up of last year's college football season. And he was asked about the fact that two uh, Miami Hurricanes, are coming in and you know what his response was something else where he basically said to the reporter who's trying to make fun of the fact that he's a Florida State Seminole and he's bringing in two Miami Hurricanes and Irv and Sapp aren't you a no and he said no why do you keep calling me that instead of where I graduated from? I'm a who? I thought it was where you graduated from, isn't it? Saying he's not a knoll. And he said where he's from, his school is Talladega. That's where I graduated from. He got a degree from Talladega College before he took the job at Jackson State. He's from an HBCU. Graduated from Talladega. Uh, he was valedictorian there. You know why? Because... At Talladega, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> also, I think the NCAA requires head coaches to yeah, have, have a degree. degree. Yes, so that's why so, he yeah. did that. correct. So he's now getting hammered, <laughs> certainly by Florida State Seminoles. And I just want to say this. Okay. I don't know if he's going to say this or not. I believe when Mike Norvell, our previous guest, got the gig at Florida State from Memphis – That's a job Prime was interested in. And he was in the spot of his life and his career of saying, look, I'm all about this. You know me. I know you. And other sports give head coaching gigs to people who are top-notch players who have shown they love the coaching profession. They may not have pounded the sticks in the coaching profession but why not me and I think Florida State went with Mike Norvell and so you're asking him he's a no right now on the eve of being a Colorado Buffalo head coach that's a non-starter that page in his life I believe is turned and I have heard him talk about Bobby Bowden and Mickey Andrews he reveres those people. I'm not. Look, I, I, he could speak for himself. I, I just feel the need, sitting in this microphone, to speak for him, even though he doesn't need that. But people saying he's disrespecting Florida State. You know what he's doing? He's actually being the best version of him he can be. Isn't that what anybody from an alma mater wants out of their greats which he is what do you think he's gonna sit there and go oh i'm a no for life when you know i went and showed everybody that i am about coaching because i couldn't just apparently get the gig at my alma mater i could have could you imagine if he was doing this for florida state with all due respect to the guy we just hung on with they would be national (laughs) champion favorites (laughs) Without question. So I'm just saying that you know, the amount of people that are pushing back, and I will ride or die with with Prime, and and he may have a rough season in the wins and losses, but I can't wait till people will see what he's like on the sideline. Oh, okay, and then he'll say something in a soundbite in a post game press conference or a pre game press conference, and people will just scream and yell. But he's about this. This is this is if you ask him right now, are you a cowboy? Are you a a Niner? (laughs) You a noel? You a Yankee? You a Red? You a Raven? No, he's a coach. Commander? Yeah. Well, he's still dead money on their cap, I think. (laughs) He's a Buffalo. That's what he is. (laughs) Right. And also a Talladega College graduate because the HBCU gave him his start that I think Florida State did not. So let's all just... Sit back and watch Coach Prime in his first big game in Colorado. That's coming up our number two in a moment. Okay.
4: And as you pound the table for Dion, I know you guys laugh about me having all these college teams, but I've told you many times, he's the reason. Being a kid, I read a story about this guy, and I was like, you know, we didn't have the internet back then. We couldn't really see Florida State, but I read about this guy, Dion Sanders, and he was just seemed larger than life, and that's what drew me to... <laughs> Sure. You sure? And, and seeking out Florida State. Yeah. I'm wondering and, what was going on. With well, him. I mean, and, you know, he's just a, a very prideful guy
3: who knows who's with him and who isn't, and who he was counting on
4: potentially and who didn't. And he'll never forget. Yeah. And I also say all the time, Rich, as much of a fan of Dion, it is, it just kind of hurts me a little that whenever he comes in there, his favorite person, without a shadow of a doubt, is Del Tufo. He loves Del Tufo, and I am actually jealous of how much Dion loves Del Tufo. We gelled right at the start. I think he said I, we did. <laughs> we gelled. Like I think because I played him, man. He, I love Dion. He's just, peanut butter to your gel. I'm, I'm picking him to win this weekend. People think I'm nuts. Do it. I, I'm taking. The, I want. It,
3: it. Wait, so where where are you taking them?
4: Wait, Colorado uh, money line. I uh, no. I'm
3: He's picking him batting. to win. I'm not, not a, bet. Not a gambler. I won't bet.
4: Deon is the guy that I would literally do anything. He's a, well, he would our, do anything. Uh, Susie threw are, a 40th he, birthday he, surprise he, party for guys. me.
3: He flew in from Dallas to it's, just surprise yeah, me and, just, and then flew out. And he'll do that for any of us. Yeah. Seven to one, Mike. Our nope. number two, Chris Collinsworth coming up.